Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Adventure Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, and I'm the lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And I am so excited that you are joining us today and listening in on to this show today. Because um, uh, we are excited to be bringing uh, this new series called Being Rich at What Matters Most. Um, it's talking about how we deal with our finances and dealing with the generosity uh, that's within our hearts and what God teaches us about being generous with our uh, finances as well as our time and and the, just the way that we do things and treat other people. So if you missed last week, I would encourage you to go back and, and catch up on uh, the episode because uh, these weeks uh, are flowing together uh, and, and really we just kind of pick are picking up where we left off on each on each week, and so I would encourage you to make sure that you are staying caught up with uh, each episode. So, if you did miss last week, uh, you missed a lot, and so I want to do uh, a quick review uh, of what we covered, and we covered uh, some good news and some bad news. So. If you were here, we talked about the good news, which is uh, that we are rich, okay? Uh, And some of you might say, well, I don't feel rich, and that's because you missed last week. No, I'm just joking. We discovered that if you make $33,000 a year or more, you are in the top 1% of wage earners alive today. And that's amazing to think about, that, that, that that many people are in the top 1%. Some of you are like mega wealthy, okay? Uh, if you make $80,000 a year or more, you're in the top one-tenth of 1% of wage earners. You are blessed. We all are blessed, and God has given us really more than we need, and that's the good news. We also learned that there's some bad news, though, right? And the bad news is we're rich, okay? Uh, and it really is bad news. And not to mention that we also have rich people problems, like if you couldn't get a haircut, uh, hair appointment when you wanted, or they put pickles on your hamburgers when you told them not to, and your cell phone coverage didn't work very well in the bathroom, whatever it might be, not only those rich people problems, but we really do have significant spiritual challenges because we've been so blessed. And, and last week, we looked at the reality that, that because we, we've been so blessed, it's really harder for us to depend on God. It's easier for us to put our hope in what we have than it is to put our hope in God. The second thing we looked at last week was our wealth can distract us from the true priorities. Just because we have been blessed with more than most, we have so many opportunities that can take us away from the true priorities. Okay, And the third thing that we realize is that because God has blessed us, we have a tremendous responsibility. He has given us more than most people in the world, and, and because he's given us so much, he expects more from us. So what I want to do today is I want to talk to you about the deceitfulness of riches. This is actually a phrase that that Jesus used. It's recorded in Matthew's Gospel in the 13th chapter when Jesus was telling a story, a a parable. He said, a sower of a farmer went out to plant some seeds or sow some seeds. And and when the plants started growing, Jesus said, the deceitfulness of riches choked out the growth. Well, this was a metaphor. He was saying that the deceitfulness of the riches of this world can choke out our spiritual growth. And so what I want to do is dive into those details uh, of deceitfulness of riches. So I want to give you an example. 
And I don't know if any of you have been to one of those pizza places where after you eat pizza, you can go play games at the end and you can win tickets if you play the games right, okay? Uh, I'm sure you know some of those places I'm talking about. I'm not going to name them, uh, but you kind of know what I'm talking about. And you win these tickets, right? And they, they, you have those little, those little paper tickets that just kind of spit out, right? And when you're playing, and I do mean when you adults are playing, because we do that every now and then, and, and don't tell me you don't, because if your kids aren't doing it right, you have to kind of shove them out of the way, and then you kind of take over whatever game they're playing, right? Because you have to win some tickets. We spend all this money, we're going to win some tickets, darn it, you know? And we tend to believe, and if, if we've played those games before, if you get enough tickets, you're going to get a prize that changes your life. If you get enough tickets, you're going to get that prize. And so you go on and you win 743 tickets or whatever, and then you go and cash them in for something like a little, you know, fake mask or one of the little finger puppets or something. And, and then you go, that's all I got? But, does it, but it doesn't matter because you'll go back the next time and you're like, hey, if I get enough tickets, I'm going to get the prize and it's going to make me happy. Well, when we grow up and become adults, the tickets change and we start to believe in if we got enough of these tickets, which is the dollar bills, then we're going to be happy and then we're going to be satisfied and then we're going to have significance and then we're going to feel secure. The problem is the, the dollar bills promise way more than they, than they deliver. You think you're going to get what matters, and then one day what you find out is you end up buying those little finger puppets. In fact, as we talk about the deceitfulness of riches, I just want to share with you a, a key thought. So if you're taking notes with this, it is this. The world wants you to serve money. Okay? The world wants you to serve money instead of serving God. In fact, Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 24. He said, no one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve what? You cannot serve both God and money. Notice Jesus didn't say you can't serve both God and power or both God and popularity or both God and the devil. What, did he, what he said was you cannot serve both God and money. My question is, why do you think Jesus said you cannot serve both God and money? And I would argue because money is such an attractive false God. Jesus knew for, for many of us, money would be the number one competitor of our hearts. And for so many of us, money and things and the promise of what it can buy will be the number one competitor of our hearts. And you cannot serve both God and money. Now, why is money such an attractive false God? Well, think about it. Because money promises what only God can provide. Okay, write that down if you can. Money promises what only God can provide. Well, what does money promise? Okay, well, many things, but what we'll talk about two today. Okay, money promises happiness. If you have enough money, you'll be happy, and money promises security. If you have enough, then you'll finally be secure. Now, think about this. We've all bought into it, right? If I just had a little bit more in my stack of ones, you know, then I could buy that which would make me happy. And I don't know what it is for you, but if, but if maybe for a lady, if I had more than I could buy the shoes that would match the dress and that would match the hat that would match the bracelet that I got for 50% off, then the outfit would be complete and I would be happy. Or maybe it's, you know, if I just had the newest smartphone, then, then I'd be popular and have a date for prom and eventually I'd get married. But instead, I'm going to be unemployed and miserable my whole life as a single person because I don't have what I need to be happy. 
If only I had a house with two bathrooms <laughs> or, or, or a third bedroom, or if I had a newer car or a car with a sunroof. If only I could have someone help me clean my house. If only I could get my nails done, you know? By the way, ladies, just remember, when you get your nails done, you do it for other ladies, not for guys, okay? Just because guys don't care. And I, and I can, I, it's a fact, okay? I promise you. Because I've never heard one guy say to another guy, dude, did you see the set of nails on that girl, right? They don't go, mmm, look at them nails, right? Mmm, I wonder if they're real or fake, you know? They don't do that. I'm just, I'm just sharing that. If only I had this, then I'd be happy. The reality is, though, it doesn't matter how much you have. Only God can provide lasting joy. You can get more and more and more and more and more, and you're still going to want more and more and more and more because money does not provide happiness. Only God provides lasting joy through his son, Jesus we also believe if I just had enough money, then I'd be secure, right? If I could just pay off all my debt, I'd be secure. If I made twice of what I make, I'd feel secure. But all you have to do is get a whole lot of money and have someone you love get really, really sick and, and realize money can't buy your way out of this. And suddenly you realize security doesn't come in what money buys, but only in who God is. Money promises what only God can provide. Now, most of us would say, well, I would never serve money. I mean, I would never, ever, ever, ever serve money. And what I would argue rather gently is if you've ever bought something you did not need with money you did not have to impress people you don't like, you are under the power of money. You are believing that the, the, the ticket of that money, what it buys, would make you happy or bring some meaning to your life. If you've ever compromised your integrity and cheated on an expense report, or you downloaded music or a movie that you did not pay for, or you told your six-year-old that he's going to be 11 at Disney World because 12 and under is cheaper, you know, yeah, I know he shaves, but he's 11, I promise. <laughs> you are serving money. Okay, you're under the illusion that there's more going to that 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 more is going to bring you more meaning. If you've ever compromised your family, you know, you you've neglected them and believing that you were providing more for them, which is what they need more than anything else is, is you. If you've ever neglected your family trying to earn more money, then I would argue that you are under the power of money. So what's happening? It's a false God that is promising what only God can provide. And since we are rich and we need to acknowledge that we are, we want to be good at being rich. So our key verse is, is, is we've been talking about, we mentioned this last week, and we're going to stick with it through uh, the next few weeks, is it's where Paul is actually talking to Timothy, coaching him as a young pastor, right? When you deal with rich people, here's how you want to help them is what Paul's telling him. And so here's what he says. We're in 1 Timothy 6, uh, 17 and 18. Here's what he says. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Now, if you were with us last week, we had a key statement, and it went like this. It said, God has blessed me with more than I need. I am rich. And now, each week what we're going to do is we're going to add a little bit to that statement, and it's going to get longer and longer as the weeks go on. And this week, what we're going to add to that statement is this. I will not trust in riches, but in him who richly provides. Let me say that again. I will not trust in riches, but in him who richly provides. 
The problem is money continues to scream at us. If, if you have more of me, you'll be happy. If you have more of me, you'll feel significant. And so what I want to do is drive these thoughts deep within our hearts and show you three problems of those who love and trust money, all right? Now, if you'll drop your guard and, and kind of listen and work with me here, I believe that you, you might see for yourself as I see myself in one or more of these challenges, okay? The first one, if you're, if you're kind of taking notes, is people who love and trust money never have enough. They never have enough. If I ask you, are you satisfied with your income? A lot of people are going to say, no, really, I want more. Or are you satisfied with what you have? Well, no, I kind of want more. What that is, is is an indication that we love and trust money. In fact, Solomon said this in Ecclesiastes 5.10 in plain black and white. He said, whoever loves money never has enough. Okay? He said, whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. If we're always wanting more, I can promise you, it doesn't matter how big your stack gets. Okay? You're still going to want more. In fact, if you love and trust money, how much money do you need to be happy? How big does your stack need to get to feel secure? The answer is a little bit more than I currently have. And it's always the answer, every single time. If you love and trust money, it does not matter how much you get, it's never enough. You always need more. And many of you, you don't believe it because you haven't had more yet. But, but many of you have got twice as much today as you had 10 years ago. Okay? You weren't happy then and you're still not happy now. You want more and you'll get more later and it won't be enough because it's an illusion. It's, it's the deceitfulness of riches. It's promising something that cannot deliver. In fact, Proverbs 18.11 tells us this, the rich think of their wealth as a strong defense. If I get enough of this, then I can buy uh, away the bad things. And the bad things aren't going to happen. I'm going to have my insurance. I'm going to have this. This is going to help me make it, right? And they think of their wealth as a strong defense, and they do what with it? They imagine it to be a high wall of, of safety. We're imagining that if our stack is big enough, we'll be happy and we'll be secure. It's the deceitfulness of riches. It promises something that it cannot provide. The second thing is this, people who love and trust money, number one, they never have enough. And number two, if you're, if you're kind of taking notes, they find it increasingly difficult to give big. Okay? They find it increasingly difficult to give big because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, there are many of, of you listening that would love to give big, but you don't feel like you can afford it. Okay? And I'm guessing there are maybe many of you who are, are uh, listening as well who would love to tithe. Maybe you're not tithing at all because you really believe that what a wonderful thing it would be to, to worship God with our first 10%. And you believe it is what, what God has want uh, to us to do in the church. you know, And you, you believe in what God is doing through the church and you'd like to do even more, but you feel like you cannot afford it. Or you'll see someone in need and you think, I want to help them out. I'd love to be able to give her a big tip or help that person who can't pay the rent or, or whatever it might be. But you don't feel like you can afford it because in your mind, your stack is not big enough. And what's crazy, it's, it's been proven over and over again in studies, is that the wealthier that the people are, on average, okay, the smaller percentage that they give. Do you know who gives the largest percentage on average in our country? Those who make below $12,000 a year. Those who make the least give the highest percentage. And, and obviously there are exceptions, I get that. But on average, it's been proven again and again that the bigger the stack is, the smaller the percentage that people give. And not how to be rich at what it matters most. And that's not how to be rich and honor God. 
That's how to be selfish and to be bad at being rich. In fact, Jesus evidently evidently didn't care as much about the amounts as he did about the percentage in the heart either. One time, a very poor widow who had no ability to have any sort of income, okay? A widow in the society was to be cared for by the church. It, it was similar to, it's similar to today, but much harder on them, okay? And then this little widow went into the temple, and she put two pennies in an offering, and Jesus was like, oh, she gave more than anybody else, and all these rich Pharisees were in there. And they may have given more in their amount, but Jesus was impressed by the percentage. She gave it all. She gave it all. How could someone with no stack give it all? And the reason is she was trusting in her stack. She wasn't trusting in her stack. She was trusting in him who richly provides, trusting in God. What we tend to say so often is, is I'll give when. You know, I'll give when when to get the credit card paid down, or I'll give when we get the raise, or I'll give when we finally get the house we want. I'll give when we get the kids through college. You know, I'll give when, listen, we need to give now because we are blessed now. We have been blessed by God and we need to give generously. It tells us to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and to be willing to share. And that's what we're going to do, okay? Because we're not going to suck at being rich. We're, we're going to be good at being rich at what matters most. And that's how we'll have a life that is truly life. The problem is, is this stuff says, hey, it's all about me. It's all about me. You know, if you have enough of me, then you'll be happy. The problem is, is if you love money, you'll never have enough. And problems is if you love money, you'll find it increasingly difficult to give big. So the third thing, if you're kind of taking notes, is if you love money, you may have money in the bank, but no peace in your heart. Okay, You may have money in the bank, but no peace in your heart. And some of you say, well, technically, Dan, I don't have a lot of money in my bank. Well, here's what I'm saying. Okay, You, you probably know what I'm saying here. You've probably got toys in the garage. you got clothes in the closet. you got food in the cabinets. Okay, You are blessed. And if you love that stuff, you can have all this, this stuff, but no peace in your heart. In fact, Solomon, Solomon in Proverbs 15, he said something that is such an important principle that honestly, my, my, my gut feels that most, of, most people don't believe it to be true. And, but here's what I want to do. I want to read it to you, okay? And when you believe it, it can really change your posture in how you do life, okay? He says this in, in, in Proverbs 15. It's actually specifically verse 16. Here's what he says. Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil, okay? Let me say that again. Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil, okay? He's saying better. Better a little bit with a lot of God than a lot of junk with no God. Better a little with the fear of the Lord, right? Better. It's better to have a little bit of a little bit and a lot of God. Most people don't believe that. Because with great wealth comes great problems. It's harder to depend on God. It distracts you from your true priorities. You have such a greater responsibility. It's a significant challenge. And here's the deal. You may not be a billionaire and you may not be a millionaire, but we are still rich. And when we continue to put our hope in money, it takes us off the track of what matters most. Okay? So let me just say this as lovingly as I can, okay? And I may be a little bit in your face, okay? This might be a little bit abrupt, <laughs> but it's because I care, okay? There are some of you right now, you make more than your parents ever made. 
You make more than you ever thought you would make. And yet you're still financially strapped and you're still miserable. And you're thinking, I need more and more and more and more. And you already have more than you thought you would. And the reason you're still strapped is because you consume everything that God gives to you. And quite honestly, there are other people around that make a third of what you make and they're not strapped. They look at you and they can't figure out why you're so financially stressed because they realize it's better to live on less and it's better to be a blessing and it's better not to buy into the deceitfulness of riches. The bottom line is if you honestly believe that more money will solve most of your problems, you are under the influence of money because more money will not solve most of your problems. What will solve most of your problems is more Jesus. More Jesus will solve your problems. Do you really think more money is going to be what you need? Okay. The reality is more money is not going to keep your kids off of drugs. More money is not going to make your marriage better. Okay. If you don't love each other when you got no money, you're going to fight about money when you have money. Okay. More money is not going to cure the pure person you know and you love of cancer. More Jesus is what you need. More Jesus brings intimacy, it brings healing, it brings focus, it brings power, it brings purpose, it brings the divine into this world. What we need is more Jesus. So instead of saying, you know what, I want more money, you're never going to have enough, what we want to say is, I want more Jesus, I want more Christ, I want more of his purpose, I want more of his direction, I want less of me and more of him, and I don't want to be distracted by the things that do not last. I don't want to trade all my tickets in for a little finger puppet and realize that it's all going to burn away. I want to use what he's given me for his glory. Therefore, I'm not going to wait to give later, I'm going to give now because I've already been blessed. At whatever level you are, whatever giving big means to you, give big wherever you are, okay? Give big somewhere. Give like rich people give. Be generous, not later, but be generous now. And don't you dare walk around with, with stuff in your closet, okay? And no peace in your heart. Jesus is peace. That, the peace that surpasses all understanding. The peace in your relationships to know that you are serving him. The, the peace to know that you're joining together in prayer to, to cover up your family. The peace to know that you've got godly friends around you. You see, we're not going to serve money. As people, as followers of Jesus Christ, we're not going to serve money. Money's neutral. Money's not good. It's not bad either. We just don't serve money. It makes a bad God. We serve God. And money, it's going to serve us as we serve God. Because God has blessed us with so much more than what we need. We are rich. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but instead put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything we need for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. And then they will take hold of the life that is truly life. You see, God has blessed us with more than we need. We are rich. Therefore, we will not trust in our riches, but in him who richly provides. Amen. I'm so glad you joined us again for our adventure podcast, and uh, we hope you're enjoying this series of, of being rich in what matters most. I'm looking forward to, to sharing with you over the next three weeks a little bit more about what God teaches us in, in, that, in that topic of understanding our finances uh, and an understanding generosity within our hearts. I hope to talk to you soon. 
you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.